Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to episode 24 of Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport roundup podcast. And we're going to start off, it was a bit of a fiasco this weekend, but we're going to start off before we mention the Formula One, we want to say a thank you, a massive thank you, because this is a very small podcast, but it's growing and we see lots of, uh, lots of the same faces tuning in and leaving comments, which we're very grateful for. So um, thanks for tuning in. Um, we're, we're incredibly grateful of that. We want it to keep growing and growing and growing. And always we want to get your comments and feedback. Uh, so keep them coming. But we are, we are going to start with uh, the fiasco of Spa, the Formula One that was that started so well. I mean, the, the weather in in in, um, in Belgium at Spa, but uh, what went? What happened? I mean, let's talk about qualifying first from the beginning. Yeah, well, I think you know, go back. Obviously, the rain was terrible; it ruined the race. But uh, there was almost a race, and uh, we had poor old Lando having that big shunt. And on top of these radios and all these the drivers now, everyone records it. You know, and you've, you've got. Um, you know, some Vettel, you know, saying, oh, red flag it, red flag it, red flag it. And that's a bad image. So straight away, you've got that negative feeling coming through from one of the most famous drivers. You know, instead of just going into the pits, if you don't like it, said, get in the pits. And then sort of, you know, the implication then was that Lando's crash was because of the aquaplaning. But it wasn't, you know, he lost it on a wet bit of track, just plain wet track. But I think sometimes with F1 as well, I think nobody's mentioning the way these cars... It was a tiny slide Lando had, but this opposite reaction that happens in modern Formula One cars. So as soon as he's just got this small correction, it overcorrects and spat him into the wall. And we seem to get a lot of these. You see so many spins in Formula One, the cars are spinning the wrong way. They catch the slide and it bites and goes the other way. And I'd rather see an inquiry, not so much into puddles, but into what is the element of aero, Ross Braun or scientists, that has made these Formula One cars have this, that you can't catch a slide without this terrible overreaction. So, but anyway, so then it rained more and rained more and rained more and uh, Lando was at the back. And then, of course, you know, George. Well, let's, mean, let's, George. Let's, let's, let's just keep focusing on qualifying uh, and that Lando crash because should, there's been so many questions asked about should Eau Rouge be changed in, in terms of the corner, the setup, and they're saying that the problem is not necessarily the corner. The corner is fantastic, one of the most famous, iconic corners in motor racing, if not the most. But there lots of people saying that the wall's too close and it spits people back out into yeah. the race line. That's yeah. the danger. Should something be done there? Well, funnily enough, <laughs> because I said the exact thought I had, and do you remember when we talked about the GT crash and the 24 hours at Spa? Yep. I said, do that. They've got to take the barrier back with the top of the hill on the left. Um, but I then said, but then you've got to really strictly enforce track limits. You've got to make it safer. You've got to make sure the drivers don't then take, take the piss. Um, and funnily enough, out of the blue after that Lando crash, there's all of a sudden this huge plan for the future that apparently is for Spa already planned for next year. When that wall is going back, there's a huge grandstand going to be built. So instead of it coming in at the top of the hill, it will go straight on. Um, so that looks like they've actually done already had in mind to do. It's not. I'm not saying I suggested it. <laughs> uh, it looks like they're already doing what I thought was the only way out. Um, so they're going to call it the Tiff. They're this... going to call it the Tiff Nadell Grandstand just because you <laughs> thought about it. Brilliant. No, I think the plan was. It's quite a lot of planning by the looks of all the pictures that they come up with. Um, so hopefully that will get rid of this this bounce back that has caused a lot of you know bad crashes. Then, as I said, we've got to get 
heavy on track limits. And interestingly enough, in the Formula 3 race, which we'll, we'll talk about a bit later, um, there was a classic case. So these kids, they've got no fear. Yeah. And to the, the, the two ahead was a bunch of five. Two went side by side through O'Rouge. So the guy at the back thought, I've got you all now, boys. So he straight lined the bit on the left. Incredibly off track. So he was faster than speed. He went across the back of three cars, onto the runoff on the right in the car park. And he just squeezed back. As the barrier came back in at the beginning of the straight, he sort of almost hit the bit of dirt and gained three places in one move, you know. And luckily, oh, then, you know, they my, my heart was in my mouth seconds. watching it. It was pouring with rain, with, with yeah. no control on the grass. Unbelievable no, how he pulled that off. But kids, like, like you, you know, said, he cut you know, the corner. Yeah. But the other sport is so safe, but it's got the problem that, you know, drivers are now, you know, just think they can do anything, get away with it. You know, Sterling Moss always said, put a spike on the steering wheel. You know, that'll slow you down when you think about it. Um, but he only got a five-second penalty. I'd have banned him for a race, you know. I mean, that sort of thing. You've got to stop people uh, using this runoff area to gain places. and that. So, so you know, we move these barriers back for you boys but you're going to have to play the game and we're going to have to be, whether you like it on telly, whether the fans don't like it, we're going to have to be very strict on, on track limits. OK, so Formula 3, we're going to come on to a bit more, but I, I agree about the track limits and the whole thing about do we have uh, gravel because gravel can spin you over? Do we? Yeah. So it's, it's the whole thing there. But let's focus on some real positives. George flipping <laughs> Russell. <laughs> I still don't know. I mean, and he's so calm. I mean... The onboard lap, you know, there was hardly any correction. He just, you know, he, he's incredibly bright as well as brave and as well as, you know, incredibly talented. Because uh, it sounds like, you know, they'd worked it all out and they'd built up each corner. They'd saved the energy power you can release after uh, two laps. And he only went for the one lap. You know, I think others were all going you know, for two laps. And uh, it was just stunning. I mean, you know, when he went to pole, you know, then flipping Verstappen ruined our day. But... But even so, I mean, I just don't know how good he is. No, you know, and going back to this, you know, who's going to be in the Mercedes? And you know, a lot of people are tweeting, it's, it's Lewis holding him back. And, oh, that's rubbish. That's conspiracy. That's so stupid. And others are saying it's Mercedes can't have two English drivers. And other people are saying, you know, because of the new cars, he must keep Bottas. But I honestly think that maybe the Lewis element is in there. You know, Ayrton Senna famously blocked Derek Warwick from joining him at Lotus because he saw Derek Warwick as, as you know, too strong a, a, a teammate. And, uh, you know, I don't know, was, I'm not sure there's a bit of Lewis in there. Well, Otherwise, see, I, this, I, there must if be. you're a Mercedes, you, well, you, why not? I mean, if you've got the best two drivers, it's obvious that George is the man for the job. They're, they're, it must be Lewis. I'm a massive Lewis fan, as, as you well know. But I, And I would think, oh, as soon as George Russell comes in, Lewis is going to... He's going to be up against every single yeah. race, whereas Bottas yeah. just knows his place. But you yeah. said about yeah. two English drivers with Mercedes, but Bottas is finished, so it shouldn't, you know, they, yeah. It's, yeah, unless they're going to get someone, uh, I don't know, Mick Schumacher, somebody. I can't, I can't believe Finland is that big a market for Mercedes. I mean, they sell well out there, but, you know, Britain must be one of the you know, second biggest countries, I would have thought. But anyway, conspiracy, conspiracy. Who knows what Toto's doing? Another story, they're waiting till they got Valtteri settled in another place. But, well, obviously, what, how many places can Valtteri go? Surely the only one is to Williams. Yeah. So that's quite a simple... Where else is Valtteri going? They're talking about Alfa Romeo. That's not a, no not a Mercedes engine. Or something. I mean, I don't know. Uh, so poor, all a bit of a mystery. Valtteri. Poor old Valtteri. But I love George. George leapt on the podium as if the race had been run. 
And I, I, it's just brilliant. I mean, obviously, Alpha well, upset was the points let's, and let's the manufacturers. Get... Let's move on to the race. And the outlap wasn't yeah. one that Sergio Perez will probably want to remember. For those of you who haven't <laughs> seen it, poor old Sergio, who's already struggling, who's already in Max's shadow significantly, uh, bins it on the outlap, which, um, I, I mean, no. Again, that was, that was an overcorrection again. It yeah. went the wrong way. You know, these, these cars are weird. But then but, on to the uh, race. Can, George... we even, can we even call this a race? Because it was probably the most farcical thing I've ever seen. I mean, it's... This it, is the... the... I seem to remember in all my racing career, there was always a lot of you had to get to 50% before it counted as a race. I was, I was amazed. I haven't read the rule book for too long, obviously, but it was only three laps needed to make it a race. I'm sure that there's so many other categories. That's the you same had to in, run 50% before you got half points. Yeah, it's know. the same in Caterham racing as three laps, three laps minimum. But what they're saying is, because it was under red flag, lots of people, lots of conspiracy theories, of course, the main one which I buy into is they only ran the race because they didn't want to give refunds on their money, which, refunds, which is yeah, awful, yeah. awful, awful. Um, but one of the conspiracy theories that I quite like is that they're saying, well, because it was run under the red flag, actually lap one doesn't count as a lap, even though they did three, three laps. So technically it wasn't even a race because it didn't go long enough. So there's lots of, lots of these conspiracy theories we've got quite good. Lots of advice from the keyboard warriors. Uh, Chris Harris was getting all out of shape on Twitter. Uh, and got a bit of stick, so he deleted his tweet. But um, yeah, people have got opinions, and, and I like the opinions. But a couple, let me throw a couple of opinions at you um, about uh, about the, the the conditions and the race and what could be done instead of. I like I like quite a sense one from Vicky Piria. So Vicky Piria will come on to W Series shortly. She said that she has spent two hours behind a safety car before. Why not just keep running the safety car until it's deemed to be? Well, yeah. So that, maybe that, 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 that's one uh, idea. Quite a few people have said put mud flaps on the cars or fenders, as they've said in America, oh, which no, I don't no. think is a very good idea. I really like this one from Kalowski uh, on Twitter. He suggested that detune it a little bit, have like a mon monsoon detune down to about 500 horsepower. And stick, you know those space saver wheels that you get when you have a flat tire in the old days? You just put a space saver on, <laughs> stick them on the car, and get them driving around on there. Wow, well, yeah. you could have a race there. But it wasn't a race, was it? And then the, the absolute crescendo for me was the most farcical thing ever. This race that never happened, because you can't race because you're behind a safety car, you're not allowed to race. They award the fastest lap to, <laughs> of all people, Mazipan. <laughs> <laughs> who couldn't earn the points? He didn't finish in the top ten. Exactly. So, couldn't even oh. earn half a point there. But what? It, it wasn't a race, was it? No, with too many rules and too much money. It's money, you know. As you said, the, I think the refunds a big thing, you know, and they can't come back. Oh, you know, it's just another FIA. Too many rules, too many regulations. And that's the problem with the sport at the moment. I think there's too many. So um, what what would what would the Tiff Nadell solution be? So we've already got Tiff Nadell grandstand going up on Eau Rouge because of your first <laughs> idea. What would the solution be for you before we move on to something that was actually there's some more races? It's, it's got to be postponed. It's got to be postponed. I mean, it, it's going to happen so rarely. But I, you know, I know you've got flights and you know hotels and it's a massive problem. But I think you have to run it on the Monday. I mean, that's what every other sport seems to postpone. Um, well, let me Maybe stop you there, the do because the Twitter army are saying it can't be postponed because these marshals are volunteers and they've got to go to work yeah. on Monday. So yeah. there's always there's always an argument, but yeah. I, I think it should have been postponed. I think that, I think they either should have done a Vicky period and tried to get a bit of a dry line because it actually got heavier as the day went on. Yeah, you know, these it's things happen. Horrendous. 
or postpone it like they do with you know we're both football fans and and that happens yeah. occasionally very very occasionally but um let's get on to some at least, at least at least when they take the mickey out of nascar that doesn't race in the rain i can bring this one up in the conversation <laughs> but because they always run the next day nascar will always run it on the monday you know they'll get the race done yeah and if you have Ten thousand people instead of a hundred thousand people. So what? Yeah. You know, it's, that, 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 that's that's how it is. You win some, you lose some. But I feel sorry for the um, for the fans. I didn't feel sorry for them when I saw all the rubbish left on the on the side. Did you see that? There was a, uh, a few videos going around. But yeah. Uh, oh well. That's 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 racing. So well done to George Russell. Mercedes have got to be a bit cheesed off. But then again, um, Red Bull were right at the back as well with uh, with Perez. So in the yeah. constructors' championship, not much happened. Three points in it overall. <laughs> Uh, it is going to go to the wire. I've, you've got to fancy. I've got to fancy Lewis. I think Max has got the pace, but he's got a few problems. Maybe he's got to have a new engine. Um, so there'll be a penalty there. But you've got to fancy Lewis's experience. Bit cool, bit right, less, bit, bit more cool-headed. Um, and I just think that his second half of the season, he always seems to do incredibly well. So it's going to be amazing following the uh, the rest of the season and <laughs> on to van where is it van 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 der van der zandvoort zandvoort next weekend you. yeah, yeah. So home yeah his other home i've mentioned last week he's born in belgium you know dutch father belgian mother so he's got two homes two home grand prix for max so he's won one of them <laughs> with half his points so maybe zandvoort but of course you know there was the racing you know the wc as we mentioned but then they had a horrendous shunt oh. at <laughs> again cause wasn't really caused that much by the bounce back. And I think everybody, you know, spa circuit in that corner. Of course, that was a freak of them all arriving on slicks, going for their qualifying laps. And there was a, you know, heavy shower of rain on at Eau Rouge um, because the bounce back um, didn't really help. It was, I think the first was Sarah Moore, I think, that lost it. And she slightly bounced back. But basically, they were all going for oh, the same bit of barrier. Horrible so, I mean, to watch, whether- wasn't it? You put the yeah, whether you put they all just completely had no control of the cars, you know, hitting aquaplaning. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's, it's a six car pile up and they were hitting yeah. each other up into the air yeah. and onto the barriers and, and all sorts of amazing. Only, only you know, four of the six still raced the next day. It was only, it was, um, who was the one that got the most injuries? It was like Betsky Visser, I think she maybe had some spinal problems, and Ayla Agren, she failed to make the start. But the other four of the six were amazingly racing the next day. But yeah, don't blame the corner on that one. You know, if that had been Woodcut at Silverstone, if they'd all come and hit a flood, they would all aim for the same spot because that's where cars go when they're out of control on the water. Um, so it wasn't Spa's fault, that one. But good race. Uh, but um, Jamie got beaten. Jamie was up there in front. She finished second the end because Emma Kibberlain and the Finn came through to win. Um, fairly processional, not too much action. Other Brits, what we had, um, Alice Powers fourth, Jess Hawkins sixth. Abby Eaton, 10th, Sarah Moore, 13th, one behind our Vicky Piria, who's also part British because we love her so much. Vicky's a little bit frustrated. Um, I spoke to her on DM and she's a little bit frustrated that she doesn't know where her pace has gone. She was, you know, she was on the pace. Yeah. She was improving last season or this yeah. season when, when COVID last season. Well, she doesn't she, do enough racing. You know, yeah. these other girls go out and, you know, race another series, especially, you know, um, Jamie and, you know. So, yeah, she, she just lacks racetrack mileage, I think. So, um, Formula 3, two wins for um, the Aussie Jack Doohan, yeah. son of Mick Doohan, the Doohan Motorbike World Champion. And actually, it's quite interesting. You know, I hate the reverse grid races um, because the guy was on pole, which was Jack Doohan for the feature race, starts 12th. And I don't know whether he did it on purpose or not because it was very wet, but he never made any moves. And he actually finished 12th. 
the fastest guy in qualifying. But of course, finishing 12th in the first silly reverse race puts you on pole for the second reverse race, which he then won. And then he won the feature race from pole. So the fastest driver won the feature race. But it was quite, I think maybe that was a deliberate sit back in the first sprint. So he'd have two pole positions, win two races and come out with quite a good uh, haul of championship points. So uh, yeah. Well you, done, Jack. If you did that on purpose, you took the Mickey out of reverse grids and made the most of them. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Um, but it was exciting. It was some good racing, and, and yeah, there was a lot, yeah. a lot of water. You mentioned that crazy overtake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was no yeah. joy for the Brits. No. No joy. We only got three Brits: Jonathan Hoggard had the best result of all in three races. He got a sixth. Ollie Caldwell, who's up in the championship, he only had sixteenth, fifteenth, eleventh, and Johnny Edgar as well down the bottom. So not good for Brits. We need some good Brits in that Formula 3 series to give us some more George Russells. But I suppose we, we can't complain. We've got quite a few in, in Formula 1 with Lando and George. So we maybe maybe it's time for us to go through a lull of young drivers. But hopefully not. Hopefully there's some more stars in the making coming up the ranks. Yeah, and it's very tight, isn't it? We've got some talented drivers. And like you said, the the the... the fear or lack of fear with these guys or oh, you really notice it in, in comparison with uh, Formula One because they're not that much slower um I, you know I guess around there sort of eight seconds nine seconds Tiff would it yeah, be? yeah but no probably more than that is it okay no idea. anyway out, any, anyway they're still they're, they're, they're very still fast a big shunt at our you know yeah, of course it, you look at that awful exactly. Formula Two crash so, so um, that was, that was so, good for well, luckily, I wasn't watching all that sat at home getting cross because <laughs> uh, I was at the MotoGP, of course. He had a huge event at Silverstone with Valentino Rossi's last race in Britain in, in MotoGP. And, of course, we've always raved about it. You and me were talking about the Moto3 kids, Pedro Acosta. Ch and Changing oh, lead racing 10 times and, in one corner. And... and I have to say, I mean, motorbike boys, you, you can't complain if you're listening. It was a bit of a... A, a disappointing processional three races. Um, I think the Silverstone track, very fast, very wide open, very technical high speed. Maybe it doesn't lean itself to this sort of pack racing. But we were down at Brooklands in the BRDC corner, which is that I thought there'd be loads of action around Brooklands and Luffield. Brooklyn's, as you know, is that corner that slowly. I know Brooklyn's so, very well. I had a yes, slipping yeah, oh, crash yeah. there, didn't I? Yeah, well, yes, I was you crashing. Did, yes, sorry, yeah. well, oh, shouldn't have mentioned that. Shouldn't, <laughs> have, shouldn't have mentioned the. <laughs> so the bike's coming down the straight, and then, as soon as they start braking, they're already leaning in. But they basically break and slow and break and slow all the way to the apex and squirt to the throttle and brake again all the way around nothing. And nobody overtook anybody. I thought we were going to be in the place wow. for the overtaking. Um, we didn't see a single overtake. I mean. They just seemed to be lying astern around Silverstone. And, you know, the motor, every race was almost won by a dominant leader out front. In fact, the Moto 2 race, I think, was probably the best. But, you know, Moto 3, uh, Renata Fanati led every lap. Um, there was a sort of three bike breakaway on, on virtually the first lap of the race. And one of those broke down in the end. There were some good packs at the back, but they were just going around pretty steadily. Um, and Acosta only qualified 22nd. Uh, and you'll be interested to know that um, the guy on pole, Renato Fanati, did it because he didn't waste his time looking for a slipstream, Paul, which I think is something you have already learned. But I, I want to keep hammering that little nail because um, all the pack boys going out trying to be clever. And I think just Silverstone, with all the, because it's got some fast technical bets, didn't lead to the slipstreaming idea. Uh, so Costa was one of them that sort of fell foul of not getting a clear lap, finishing 22nd on the grid. Uh, our own Jonathan McGee, he was also mucking around trying to get a toe and finish up 15th on the grid. So 
it was a funny grid, but this time Acosta couldn't get through because the, the field stretched itself out and he got, uh, he got from 22nd to 11th. Uh, John and McPhee, McPhee, of course, had a big shunt in, in practice, in untimed practice, so he was a bit, in, a bit winded. Uh, he only got from 15th to 12th. So a funny old Moto3 race, not what I hoped for. Um, Moto2, we only had Sam Lowe's, the only Brit, and he, he qualified third. He led for a while, right at the beginning, so it was a big cheer. Uh, but then fell back to finish fourth, so missed the podium. So I suppose he, he wasn't too pleased. The MotoGP, you know, we had Fabio Quattararo uh, just disappearing out front. And so there was some overtaking going on, but mainly because um, the MotoGP boys, the tyres went off. Uh, and it was more people dropping back than actually oh, okay. sort of um, people coming forwards. It's funny we on had, the bike. Had... I thought that there'll be so many, and literally every corner I thought they'd be jumping down the inside. Yeah, it was, and it was, literally... No, it wasn't. It was good around the, the very the stop chicane before the wing, before the last corner on the Grand Prix yeah. track. They were actually they actually started on the national circuit and didn't have they didn't go down to the wing. Uh, so the very tight stopper there was overtaking going on, and I think bikes need those much tighter corners to do those overtakes. Right, okay. So used to. Yep. But uh, Valentino, of course, he qualified eighth. So we we're all quite excited that he's had his best qualified this year, I think. But he must have got into awful tire problems and dropped to eighteenth. So that was a bit sad to see. And um, there are a few others that just dropped back, Bagnaia on the Ducati. And uh, once those tyres go off, I mean, they're, they're just driving around on chewing gum, you know, yeah. backwards they go. So, but, yeah, but, yeah, it wasn't, but, you know... So it wasn't the best spectacle for you, but, you know, amazing bit of history that you've actually seen the, well, yeah, the doctor in his last main, ever race. So. <laughs> and good for a brilliant. The one, the big high point really was Alex Espargaro, who came second, third in the end on the on their Aprilia. And there was a real last lap battle between him and Jack Miller on the Ducati. Uh, we, he dropped a fourth off the podium, but he finally got the third place, first ever for Aprilia. So that was a good, the good, the good story of the MotoGP race. Another yeah, cool. interesting fact: for the first time ever, the top six were six different manufacturers. Wow! Yamaha winning, Suzuki second, Aprilia third, Ducati fourth, Honda fifth, and KTM sixth. So that was, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's great, but just it didn't seem to work yesterday at Silverstone for, yeah. the, for the crowd and excitement. So I know, I know, we always go crazy about how wonderful MotoGP is. <laughs> Being a spectator at Silverstone, it wasn't quite as exciting. I wish I'd been at Thruxton, whereas, of course, you know, the BTC was as great as ever, and every support race from Janetta Juniors to Formula 4s would look like cracking events. As I went through them all last night at times 30 on the Sky Skybox. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there we go, motorbike boys. Don't upset you, you know. You can't have every race, can't be brilliant. So, um, you're so. Uh, Highlights for BTCC, so Thruxton, the fastest race circuit in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a bit of um, tussle and bustle and, and a bit of bumper cars going on. Not yeah, too, not always, too always much, is. but there always is a little bit. Um, the chicane Josh was Cook, yeah. Josh Cook won for Honda. That was the first one. Great race by Sutton in the second race. The Ash Sutton increasing his championship lead. Came through really strongly to win race two. He's flipping um, good, isn't he, that boy? Reverse grid race. Well, the reverse grid race was controversial, but didn't seem to be controversial to any of them. Because Adam Morgan won it from pole, and yet he completely bypassed the chicane. And this yeah. idea that if you're in the lead and you go off, as long as you don't gain an advantage, you stay in your position, which is yep. something I completely disagree with. Yep. Uh, because Morgan went straight to the chicane, must have had about a five-second lead instead of a half a second. And over the next three laps, he gradually dropped back to Turkington, who was running, who had been challenging for the lead. Yep. 
so for the last lap, he was back to where he had been. So I haven't gained an advantage. Well, hold on a minute. There's been two laps where Turkington hasn't been able to overtake you because you've been too far ahead. I agree with um, you completely. And, and if, if it had been any wrong. other corner, yeah. his car would have been destroyed because he'd had a barrier there. And you have to, to my mind, if you're leading and you bypass a corner, give up one place. I, I agree. I couldn't and agree I just, more with you. I've seen it time and time well, again in, in the Caterham series where, where yeah. the leader has, you know, you put them under pressure. That's what you're doing. Yeah. yeah quite rightly. Yeah. They make the mistake, but because they're in the lead, they, 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 they hold the position. It's, it's wrong. Yeah. And especially at that yeah. level, it really shouldn't, shouldn't be yeah. happening. Turkington like in second. He didn't yeah. seem that upset by it. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he just, I mean, he didn't even hardly back off. He went just storming through the shoe. Uh, you know, he'd been pressured into a mistake. He has to have a penalty for that, isn't he? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jade, we have Jade, to say a word yeah. for poor Jade. Jade, Jade, no Jade. Jade. Go Jade. support Jade. Let's put some money in the bank. <laughs> I mean, she was back in the same barrier where she ended up in the first Thruxton meeting a few months back. And it was almost, I looked at the results, and it was so unfortunate because she'd qualified, she'd finished the race to 19th. I mean, that's good, you know, ahead of a few having a good race. But she got a five-second penalty for uh, being out of position on the grid. Oh, I don't know how many inches she was out by. And that put her down to where was she to 24th. And then, was, so she shouldn't have really been there for her own results. And then in first corner, Gordon Shedden, who dropped out of race two with a clutch problem, was trying to storm through. And they went three wide into Allard the first corner. And, and it looked a bit like Shedden wandered out into her. Um, and just speared her off into the barriers, head on into the barriers. I mean, what, was the what was the Stewart's verdict? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't looked I haven't, at what happened. No. I don't think they, they... I mean, it was a sort of racing instance, but, you know, if anybody moved slightly, it was probably shed and moving left, but he might have had a bit of oversteer, you know. So, poor Jade. Um, Mr. Parfit yeah, Jr. All good he, he was quite positive, actually. I, I was looking at his Twitter. He um, He's quite positive. So, another one that's maybe not doing as well as uh, the, 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 the Turkingtons and Suttons of this world, but... Uh, he was quite positive with his his. He Who's said, this? For the first, um, "Rick Parfit Jr." He said, "For the first time, I felt like oh. a proper BTCC <laughs> driver." So uh, good, good for him. But the other British uh, big day was the the Brands Hatch was the World's GTs. Um, there was a lot of a lot of places to go, wasn't it? Silverstone for bikes, trucks for BTC, Brands Hatch for the GT. They're great racing. All those, you know, McLarens, Ferraris, um, Lamborghinis, Mercedes. Uh, but it's more famous if you've seen on Twitter from. A, a McLaren ending up in the trees. Yeah. Um, a huge shame because it was a British team, um, a team named Ollie Wilkinson, Jota. They were leading Ben Barnicotti's co driver, had, got a, had a good run at the front, leading his McLaren. A fantastic battle with uh, Marcello in the Mercedes. And it was just unfortunate. They caught a, a lap back marker going down Dingle Dell of the hill. And um, it's just Marcello got blocked in behind the back marker, and Ollie was overtaking the back marker. And Mar he just tried to pull out and tried to get past the back marker but there wasn't the gap but he just caught the back of the McLaren and sent it sharp left uh, straight into the tire wall and this is the That's funny thing about horrible, tire wall so they horrible horrible when you but it looks I, worse yeah but, but in the trees you know yeah. you sort of think oh that's horrendous but there's no spectators down there so there's no chain link fence um but of course the the, the tires take that impact so it's not like hitting something solid like a barrier really solid armco yeah. barrier or trees uh, but of course they do bounce you so you've got that double there's a good mm. thing about tire walls but then there's this throw you up in the air and it threw the ferrari in, in, into the trees it actually happened when i was doing the historic race when historic sports car McLaren the previous the corner in, yeah over the top of the barriers and 
So um, they were very lucky. I mean, it, it was all all right, you know, because the, the tyres took the big impact and then obviously it landed on top of the bank, but uh, well, much was, was penalised for it. And, uh, again, there was a lot of um, a lot of controversy on Twitter on this one. I don't know whether you saw it, but people are saying that Marcello, uh, you know, when you're in a, a, a works team and you've got so much support, you just think that you're so much bigger and better than everyone else and you maybe you're a bit, you know, elbows are out a little bit too much, but... Um, no, it was, it was a good, you know... Look, it back markers. It was, it was good. It was back, yeah, mark, back getting past, are part back of markers. Racing. Yeah, they are yeah. a part of racing. I'm completely. It completely messed up my brand's hatch. Uh, uh, back marker. Completely, <laughs> but but it's part of racing, and, and you got to deal with yeah. it. So one of all yeah. those things. But I I thought that was quite an exciting race. It's lovely to see the whole. Um, uh, yeah, Grand Prix Luchy. Yeah. a win for Audi, which gave uh, gave them the championship. Actually, a win for Audi, and the, and the second race was won by Mercedes. So they Mercedes still had a win. Not much yellow's Mercedes. But I do have to mention the Pro-Am category, just quickly. <laughs> Some of you might notice on Twitter that me and, and Chris Harris are offering a bit of banter about Barwell Motorsport and Garage 59. You might not understand what's going on. And it's just that Chris Harris raced quite often with Garage 59 and their Aston Martins did the Spa 24 hours. Uh, so he keeps on tweeting about Garage 59. Done well today, boys. Uh, whereas my brother is, is part of the Barwell Motorsport that run Lamborghinis in the Pro-Am. And they're always battling head to head, you know, in the, the 24 hour race at Spa, you know, they finished first and second in the past. So there's always big banter between me and Chris. Uh, but Chris's Aston Martins in Garage, they only had a third and a second, whereas the Barwell Motorsport Lamborghinis won both the Pro-Am race categories. So uh, that is why there's a bit of banter in Twitter between me and Chris whenever the GTs are out racing. So no good, Chris. We won that one. Two wins. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think he'll be listening, but um, uh, I wish you yeah. well done to uh, Barwell and Tiff, unlucky Garage 59 and Harris. Uh, let's move on to some, some buggy racing. Um, big buggy, they're electric, and it was in Greenland. So, yeah, I got it all wrong because I thought they'd be sliding around on ice. When it said the Arctic Pre, they missed the word Grand Down because they're pretty good trademarks. Um, but if, instead, it looked like it was being held in a disused um, gravel pit or something. It was a scruffy. A bit of uh, barren territory. I don't know how you describe it on Iceland, but um, there was a, a glacier in the distance. They kept saying glacier corner, and there was a little peak of something white. But <laughs> although the course looked a bit rough and ready and, and not very scenic, there, there was actually the best racing I've seen so far. There was some fantastic close finishes, um, and they were leaping all over the place. It was actually quite entertaining, very close, leaping over jumps and hollows, uh, but through it all, Katie Munnings came out really as a star of the show yeah, for me. A lot so of punctures, well. a lot of broken suspension. Yep. There was a section of, of boulders, and if you the tried to go garden, faster through it. it, yeah. So someone tried to overtake everybody through there, and it broke all the suspension. But Katie was was definitely the feistiest of the girls, because or women, because um, you have to have a woman or a girl in each car, so it's, it's, it's female and male equal. Uh, but she came through with her her, her co-driver, Timmy Hansen, to win outright. And, she, yeah, she was really giving it some. So credit. Well, you see how much the cars are leaping and bucking it. So that was a good race. There you are, Extreme E. I enjoyed the racing. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? I'm glad you did. I, I, but there was so many breakdowns and um, problems oh, no, with the cars that... The, 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 the final races were very good, so well done. And, the punctures, and, yeah, punctures. Were great big trolley jacks out in the sand and work. But, but, I, but I, the, I, only, the only thing is, I don't think anybody's from Extreme E, but if, if anybody here has any comment, can you tell those two commentary? I mean, I've virtually had to turn the commentary off. They just slam you. It goes from the female to the male, female. I don't, sorry, I don't know your names. I do know you, but I probably haven't put it on my notes. 
it's just wall and wall of commentary, commentary, you know. And it just doesn't need it. It, almost, it distracts from the racing, you know, just banging on about using hyperdrive and overdrive and humpy drive. And, oh, please. I tell you, of commentators. So commentators, in terms of that, I thought uh, Crofty and um, um, Martin Brundle did a super job on the Formula One. They had about four hours of filling to do, so they did incredibly well. <laughs> well there, I tweeted my compliments to Jack and um, Jolie and Palmer on Radio 5 Live. So I spent yeah. an hour and a half driving home from Silverstone and they were really entertaining. They were chatting away all sorts yeah. of things. Brilliant. Jolie and Palmer was a chess champion when he was 11 and they were joking about that. They were talking about cheeses and food and uh, they were really funny. So, you know, comment when commentators have to be good is when you have those delays. I think they really come to the fore, good commentary teams, uh, when they have delays like that. So, yeah. so... We're and, complimenting and, Sky and Radio Five Live here. Yeah, and, and you know, I love the, the the proper antidotes. Been there, done it. You know, Brundle's been there, done it, and Crofty's yeah. been for many years. And now his son's racing, so he could comment on that and what what, what it's like. So, um, yeah. whereas lots of the modern day who's, whose son's racing? Oh, Mark, who's son? Martin, oh, Martin, Martin's son? Yeah. yeah, Alex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex. Um, anyway, so uh, extreme me. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I thought it was okay as well. Um, NASCAR complete and utter <laughs> mayhem in Daytona. Talk us through it, Tiff Nadell. Well, we all know Daytona, the restrictor plate racing, as they call it, where the engine power is reduced, so they go around in this mad pack. And normally, it's sort of quite strung out for half the race for a single file. But from the word go, they were three wide, four wide. And because it was the last of the championship rounds before we go to the, the top sixteen, the uh, the knockout phase and there are about five drivers that could automatically get into the top 16 playoffs if they won nothing else would do they just had to win so after they'd already had a couple of huge shunts and coming towards the end you know there was five in the top 10 that if they won they'd get through to the playoffs so there was some desperate driving lane swapping pushing and again in the last couple of laps there was another huge shunt they had the green white checker that's why they'll always finish the race in NASCAR because they go on and on and on until they do two laps without a crash. Or it's one and a half because once they got through one, uh, they'll run, run it to the end. But I mean, they, they were just wiping out in massive style. But in fact, although there were two of the possible get throughs didn't make it, um, it was actually won by, um, God, no, one that's also exciting. Ryan Blaney won it. But you know, there were only 14 cars out of the 40 running at the end. And there was a lot of damage. Um, so anyway, it's all over now. And to have that race as the last qualified race does seem, I suppose they probably do it on purpose, don't they? Because it's one of those ones where you know, any driver with a bit of luck around a super speedway can win. You often get some very strange winners of super speedway races. But it all starts now. We're down to the last 16, starting at Darlington this weekend. Uh, three races, they'll cut it down to 12. Three races, cut it down to eight. And three more races that will cut it down to the four that go into the final race, and only one of those four can, can be the champion. Although, although um, number five, I forget, <laughs> I forget his name now. Oh, it's Kyle Larson, <laughs> who was wiped out in the last of the huge crashes. He's, he's the points champion. There's this points system as well as the knockout phase. So uh, Kyle is now the points champion for, for 2021, and he hope, hopefully will go on to be the, the champion after the knockout phase. Very good. So, yeah. So... That's a bit of a bit of an interesting weekend, one of the most unusual weekends in terms of racing. Next week, we got, of course, Sandvoort, uh, Formula One, Max's home circuit. 
So expect good things from him. What else is going on? I don't on? think it's going to be overtaking. I'm worried about Zambor yeah. being a bad race procession. Qualifying will be very important. To, you know, it's bank corner. Looks spectacular, but I don't think it's going to give a long enough straight to, to get much overtaking. Good, enough, good, good yeah. for watching GT cars and stuff, but it'll be interesting with the Formula 1 cars. Caterham Too much of a go-kart track. Caterham Formula goes 3 and W Series are there as well, just to mention. Thank you. And Caterham goes Caterham's to Croft. Now, I may not be able to British go. Motors. I know, what? I know, I may not be able to go. It's my daughter's birthday, so just trying to uh, wangle things at the moment. So, what about our space. podium? I'm waiting this, for our I know, podium. I know, there's, oh, and there's, only, there's only one Kansas race Switcher. left after Croft, which will be Snetterton in October. So, uh, it's not... Double header, double header, double header. Double header. Double header, so... Uh, so bike, bike boys, boys, what? World Superbikes, Magna yeah. Cure in France, British Superbike, Snetterton. So, a couple of Superbike races, one Grand Prix, Formula 3 and W Series, and Caterham. A quiet weekend, really, isn't Lots it? After Caterham's. Last week, yesterday, there was so much going on around <laughs> the world yesterday. It's exhausting to catch up. Right, we're going. You want to say goodbye? To, we, we, come and, uh, Oliver doesn't want to say goodbye. He's, uh, he's, been, he's been creeping in and out of the screen. He's too much for Diva. For, for those of you that are listening, my son is uh, creeping around, wanting to go paddleboarding. So, um, that's us Thanks. for the week. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Now you.